Welcome to Private Club Radio, the industry's first and only program dedicated to education, news, events, trends and announcements. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Happy to be with you here on Private Club Radio once again. Today my guest is a special one, Bill Booth, founder of The Booth Group. It's a technology and consulting firm whose mission is to help private clubs become educated technology consumers. Bill is the leading authority on private club technology, and he writes for a number of the industry publications. So when clubs are thinking of making a technology purchasing decision, Bill is the one clubs turn to. You're going to enjoy Bill's interview as we discuss the technology your club absolutely must be using or thinking of purchasing in the near future, the ways current technology will increase your bottom line and help you better serve your members, and Bill's predictions for the future of technology and how the club member experience will evolve. Are you searching for members? Are you looking to drive revenue to every department of your club? With Course Driver, you can. Course Driver is a custom smartphone application designed specifically for your club. Visit coursedriver.com to schedule your demo today. So I'm fresh off the National Club Association's National Club Conference. It was a really enjoyable time. They discussed not only policy updates and lobbyist concerns that the private club industry has, But they did a lot of education on technology and on marketing and how clubs are using. And I was fascinated by the things some clubs like the Baltimore Country Club, the Union League of Philadelphia, some of these clubs out there, the Country Club, what they're doing with technology and with communications. The Union League Club of Philadelphia especially has some really fun and interesting things going on. They have a way to actually see when their members are within a mile, a mile and a half of the club. They have their own internal Uber system that club members can use. It's a proprietary app they developed. It's just like the ride sharing service. You can request a ride or a pickup to take you back to your home or your office, but they know it's safe because it's happening within the club environment. Absolutely fascinating stuff. So there's some major changes happening with technology, major improvements that are going to happen to the member experience, to the reporting at the club. So that's why I'm just so excited to bring Bill on today and discuss where the club industry is going. It's historically been sort of resistant to technology, catching up to technology, but now technology is moving so fast and new things are coming into the market so quickly that you have to be right on the cusp of what's happening because your members are going to expect it. So without further ado, let me bring Bill on. My guest today is Bill Booth, founder and lead consultant of The Booth Group. He specializes in assisting private clubs and resorts with the planning, evaluation, selection, and implementation of computer technology. During the past 25 years, Bill has worked with more than 350 country, golf, yacht, city, and athletic clubs, as well as many destination resorts to plan their technology future and implement the appropriate solutions. Bill is a frequent speaker at national and regional education conferences, 
and has authored more than 70 articles for industry publications such as Club Management, The Boardroom, Club Director, and The Bottom Line. Bill began his career in the private club industry as a partner and director of club consulting services with McGladry. And in 2010, after 20 years of tenure, he formed the Booth Group to focus exclusively on software-related consulting for private clubs and resorts. Bill has a bachelor's from the University of Virginia and a master's from Loyola University. Bill, welcome to Private Club Radio. Thanks, Gabe. Great to be here. Great to have you. I first want to sort of get into giving listeners sort of a history lesson on technology and how it's evolved in the private club space. Can you sort of take us through that? Well, geez, a lot of changes in the last 25 years. Uh, You know, when I first got into working with private clubs, the focus of technology was strictly accounting. Uh, That's what systems did. They they build members. And matter of fact, a lot of clubs used a service bureau for that. Uh, This is a little bit before your time, probably. But um, where they didn't even have computers on site. They sent uh, all of their uh, chits out to a service bureau, and they would uh, use their computer systems to build clubs. And then uh, clubs brought that in-house, and some of the early systems were really focused on billing. Uh, the next thing we saw was accounting, mm-hmm. uh, doing accounts payable and general ledger in, in-house. Uh, then uh, came point of sale. And over the years, uh, what we've seen in the private club industry is bringing all of the technology functionality into the club so that the club controls all of that. And that's really been, uh, in the whole 25 years I've been involved with clubs, that progression has taken place and continues to take place today. Why do you think technology is so essential in today's private club environment? Well, that's a great question, Gabe. And, you know, I think when we when we think about the members, you know, members use technology every day. And one of the transitions that the industry is going through right now is moving, uh, I won't say moving away, but moving the focus away from what we call production technology. That's accounting and membership and point of sale to what we call member-facing technology. That's websites, reservations, where the members are interacting with the technology themselves. This is the big move today in the club industry and one of the biggest changes that uh, the club management has to deal with, and members are really pushing this. So I think that while technology has always been important to handle the production side of the business, now the focus is getting into the member experience and members working directly with technology to to, uh, uh, improve their experience at the club. How do you balance technology presence with a traditional club values in their operations? Well, you know, that's an that's a ongoing challenge. And it, a lot of it has to do with the membership of the individual club. And a lot of uh, clubs have a very traditional atmosphere, uh, very traditional environment, maybe an older membership uh, that uh, kind of tends to want to hide technology. Although, if you look at the research, uh, it really doesn't matter what age group you're in. People are using their iPhones and their Android phones and their iPads and their tablets and all of this technology on a day-to-day basis. So the club industry is having to deal with the fact that they want to keep a traditional environment, but now we have technology in, you know, intrusion into that. Right. I think clubs are, uh, clubs are struggling with that a bit, uh, particularly if they have built into their operations uh, restrictive rules on things like you can't use a cell phone anywhere on the property and those kinds of things. But clubs are figuring out ways to allow technology to be part of the picture without detracting from the traditional environment of the club. Can you give us an example of how clubs actually do that? Well, here's a specific example. We have a lot of clients who have or had 
um, rules about not being able to use cell phones on property. Right. And if you go back to the origination of that, it's really all about not wanting to sit into the dining room and listen to half of a conversation on a cell phone. It's it's annoying. Sure. You don't want to do that on an airplane. You don't want to do that in a restaurant. <laughs> right. You don't do that. Fuck. Yep. So clubs kind of said, hey, no cell phones. You want to talk on the phone. You out in the parking lot or, or they have maybe some area. Go to the men's locker room, something like that. But what clubs are realizing is that what people really want to do is use the data side of these these devices. They want to get their email. They want to surf the web. They want to send a text message. That's not intrusive to other members. That's not going to bother anybody. So clubs specifically now are going back and look at their bylaws and the rules and saying, hey, let's separate voice from data. Yeah, you can't sit and have a phone conversation in the dining room, but if you want to text, send a text message, we're not going to stop you from doing that. So that's a specific example of getting with the times, getting with what the members want to do, but not really detracting from the atmosphere that the club wants to present to the members. Right. I mean, at least in my circle of friends, I I know almost nobody that makes a phone call anymore on their cell phone. Cell phones are, are like you mentioned, really highly text-driven nowadays where people are checking their email, like you mentioned, or, or opening an app. And there's a lot of ways that these uh, devices can actually aid the club member experience. So I know a lot of technology came out at the recent PGA merchandise show. I was there and CMAA. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of the future technology and the tech landscape, how that's changing? Um, what's what's sort of coming into into focus right now? Well, you know, Gabe, one of the things that we saw at those shows <clears throat> is the introduction of apps. Uh, now, there have been apps on the market up to this point for some third-party companies, but now we're seeing the the, the large club management solutions providers uh, offer their own apps. And an app is different from a website or a mobilized or uh, 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 responsive website is the term used in the industry, which is a website that looks good and operates well on a mobile device like a phone or a tablet. These apps are written from the ground up for a mobile device. So the traditional deal is you have a website, you convert it into a version that will look okay on a mobile phone. Now we're getting uh, devices uh, using what are called apps, which is software that's written from the beginning to be used only on a mobile device. Now what this does is it makes the member experience much better, much more intuitive, much more usable for a ton of things. Mostly reservations is what we see. Dining reservations, event reservations, tea time, sport reservations but also just looking at what's going on at the club, uh, looking at the calendar, and kind of starting to replace the traditional desktop uh, website that a club would have with having everything on the phone and letting members do, in essence, everything they want to do on their mobile device. This is a huge change. And uh, we saw the, the club management solutions providers introduce their own apps because they realized, hey, this is where the market's going and we need to get in the game. Right. So... There's a lot of data now being collected with these apps. You can kind of see where people are in certain areas of the club. We talked to Rick Coffey uh, of Club Essential about this a little bit, where clubs can start to um, actually find out some of the pattern usage patterns of their members, when, like when they're using the dining room or things like that. What are some of the ways clubs can use this data that they're collecting? Well, you know, actually collecting the data is nothing new. What's new is being able to do something with it. Sure. <laughs> systems have been collecting yeah, they've been collecting information for decades on who's spending where and when and how, but trying to get the information out and make it usable has been the challenge. And there are a lot of new 
uh, query and reporting tools that have become available in the last five years or so that are making that easier. You know, I think one of the things that clubs really focus on and struggle with is where we're going to be five years from now and what's the usage going to be and how do we uh, plan for the future in our infrastructure and our, uh, you know, just the, the amenities that we have and how much room we have in dining and how much room we have in, in this area, that area, whatever. Uh, trying to plan for that has been a real challenge. And the newer technology allows you to start extrapolating forward. Look at the at the activity patterns and the buying patterns of members over the last three, four, five years and project that forward and say, you know what, we're going to need to really expand, let's say, our family dining operation because that's just growing like gangbusters. Maybe a seat of the pants people know that, mm-hmm. but do they really have a specific idea of how many covers they think they might do three, four, five years in the future? Right. Uh, so that's very important. I think looking at the, the the transition is in two areas, I think. One I talked about already, which is member interaction. And the second is projecting the future, using systems, not to just look to the past. You can always go, hey, how many covers did we have? How many rounds of golf did we have a year, two years ago? But then you're just kind of seat of the pants, figuring out where you're going in the future, as opposed to having systems that use the logarithms and sophisticated analytical tools to say, hey, five years from now, this is what you can expect to have happen in your club. That's a big change uh, that we're seeing today. So it's predictive is what you're saying. The predictive side. Now, I will tell you this. uh, This is the challenge that I have with the software vendors on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. And I have conversations with them all the time. Uh, challenging them and encouraging them to do more predictive kinds of things. This is very early in the game for this. So the data is there. Uh, the tools are emerging. And when, you know, I work, you mentioned in my bio that I work with uh, resorts as well as clubs, uh, primarily clubs, but in the resort industry and the hotel industry, they have very sophisticated predictive uh, tools, club industry, not so much. So I'm working with the vendors to try to get them on board to start doing more predictive things. The data is all there. You see, you know, we don't need any more data, but the tools to be able to predict the future, I think is what is the real gold standard for the club industry. So I don't want to make it sound like this is out there and you can go get it right now. Pieces of it, some glimmers of it, but the future, you asked about the future. I think that's going to be the biggest change that we see is having predictive tools that really tell you what's going to happen three, four, five years out, as opposed to just trying to figure it out from past data. Well, that's interesting. Now you mentioned, you know, the resort business and and the hotel business and other, other types of things. A lot of times the private club industry is sort of playing catch up, right? So very rarely are they on the cutting edge of, of things that are coming out. Do you ever see the club industry actually blazing a new trail that other industries might follow? I wish I could, I wish I could say yes to that, but I think that there's there's a there's a factor in the club industry that until this factor is addressed, that will never happen. And what I'm talking about is the absence of IT staff at clubs. Uh, right now, the best data that we have shows that nine out of ten clubs do not have a professional IT person on their staff. Only one out of ten do. And that means they're dependent on outside companies and resources to take care of their IT. And almost by definition, that puts the club in a reactive position. Basically, they're calling when there's an issue and, and somebody's coming in and putting out fires. In these other industries, they have made the investment long ago to have full-time IT individuals or teams of people who are proactive in technology. Now, of course, they're, these are commercial businesses that are really driven um, I think financially in a different way than private clubs are. Sure. 
But I think as long as the club industry is absent, if you will, in the world of IT as far as technology specialists and professionals on their staff, I don't see a path for the clubs to lead in anything. Uh, the good news is that the adoption rate is increasing, not very quickly, uh, and clubs are starting to realize if we're really going to move forward here with technology at some point, we got to hire somebody. Maybe it'll be a, a part-time person to begin with. We have clubs that are sharing IT professionals uh, between two or three clubs. So they're starting to get there. But, you know, if you don't have somebody who's on it every day in IT, you're not going to lead anything. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So... One thing I've been talking about a lot this year, I'm, I'm going to a lot of different conferences and talking about millennials and some of the younger generations. How do we actually attract them as members? So how are millennia, millennials and the younger generations affecting things as it relates to club technology? Well, you know, I think in most clubs, the millennials are not necessarily a major factor at this point. I think clubs that are looking to the future are saying, hey, this is a generation uh, that's going to be in play uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, what we know is that millennials are completely attached to their technology and they are annoyed if they have to do things the old fashioned way. They don't want to call up and make a reservation. They want to do it online. They don't want to look thing, you know, have somebody help them with something personally. They want to deal with it on their own. And so as time passes, I think that, um, you know, clubs are going to be challenged to really deal with this generation. But I think that the, from a technology standpoint, the club industry misses the boat if they think, if we think, let's wait around and deal with the millennials. The members that we have today expect this. Uh, right. The usage rates of mobile technology are very high with people 65 and older. Uh, you know, I, I talk all the time with, with boards and, and managers uh, that say, oh, you know, our older membership, blah, blah. It's like, are you kidding me? Let's go out and look at the numbers and see if you can find one that doesn't have a cell phone that's not doing something with it. And people, as you said, they're not using phones so much to make phone calls anymore. They're using it for, for data uses. So I think to, to look to the millennials to drive the technology is really kind of missing the point. The members that we have today need this technology, want the technology, use it day to day. And they really don't appreciate coming to the club and stepping back in time into the twilight zone. And, you know, now I can't <laughs> use any of what I normally use. Right. Uh, so I, I thought we don't have to wait for the millennials to drive this. Our, our current members are, are plenty, uh, plenty capable of driving this, this need. Great point. So let me ask you this. Technology sometimes becomes almost impersonal. Like you said, people don't want to actually talk to someone and make a reservation. They want to do something almost impersonal where they're, you know, you're pushing a button to make a reservation. But the club business really historically is sort of in the people business, right? So how does how can you actually create technology or what types of technology can actually generate a personal experience for somebody and, and sort of bridge those two polarizing uh, trains of thought there? You know, that is a great question, Gabe. And, and I got to tell you, honestly, it's a tough nut to crack because when you, when you do things online, it is impersonal. You can jazz up the screens and you can send, you know, confirmations and this, that, and the other. But the reality is it is impersonal. There's nothing that replaces a phone call to somebody in the golf shop or somebody in food and beverage and they know you. Oh, Mr. Booth, how are you? I'm glad that you're back at the club and blah, blah, blah. You're not going to replace that. I think, though, that that still goes on. I mean, we're talking about a minor percentage of interactions that would happen online. Mm -hmm. You know, think about golf. Okay, I'm going to make a tea time reservation. So I'll go online and make a tea time reservation. And that one interaction is now automated. 
but I have a zillion interactions when I get to the club. Okay. I may have to go in and check in. If I don't, I'll go right to the tee. I'm talking to the starter, uh, you know, the guys that are loading the bags. There's tons and tons of opportunities to have the old, good, strong, personal interactions. But I think we're talking about a very small percentage of the interactions that would be done online. And trying to make them personal, uh, I don't know how you do that. They're just not going to be. You can make them convenient. You can make them intuitive. You can make them quick. You can make them easy. But it's not going to be personal. But I don't worry about that. That's that's not, I don't think, something that's going to make uh, people lose touch with the club. you got plenty of opportunity when members actually physically there to, to spend all the time with them you want to. All right. Excellent points. So what are some of the pros and cons of replacing club management software versus keeping and improving the existing software? Well, you know, we, uh, you mentioned in my bio, we've worked with over 350 clubs and, and a great portion of those have been helping them uh, replace the existing systems. Usually they had systems for 10, 15 years and want to move technology. We're doing a lot of re-engineering these days because the systems that clubs have are really pretty good now. Uh, we're, we're past the early generations of systems that were very limited. And what we find, Gabe, is very often uh, a club has had a system, whatever it is, for 10, 15 years. No one's had any training since the system was first installed. Uh, they may not even have the latest version of the software up and running, or if they do, nobody has really paid attention to all of the improvements that have come down the pike over the years. So. What we're finding when we do an assessment, when we work with clients, first thing we do is we assess their situation and we get to a fork in the road. It's either things are so bad and can't be re-engineered to a point where you're going to be happy, you've got to get a new system. Or, you know, if your people were trained and you really took advantage of what you have, you'd get 90% of what you're looking for, which is going to save you a ton of money and a lot of aggravation going into the system. So we're now doing about 50-50. About half of our projects are replacing uh, club management solutions. That's accounting and point of sale membership and all of that. Uh, and the other half is improving what they already have. And we've had tremendous success with that. Uh, we go in with uh, no bias. Uh, we just want the best thing for the client. We're not affiliated with any vendors. So uh, we go in, do the assessment. And if uh, the fork in the road takes you to replacement, it'll go that way. If the fork in the road takes you to re-engineering, it'll go that way. But the nice thing about re-engineering is that not only does it save you money, but the aggravation and disruption to the club to put a new club management system in is extreme. And it doesn't matter what system you're going from and what system you're going to. It's a huge project, and it does turn the place upside down for the better part of a year. So if you don't have to do that, if, if we go in and do an assessment and, and 90% of the shortcomings in the existing system can be accommodated by just using the system better and training people, why would you go through all of that aggravation and cost to get the last 10%? Now, if that 10% is critical to the club's operations, yeah, you do it. Uh, or if it's not 10%, if it's 30 or 40%, and they're really unhappy and the existing system just can't get there, fine. But, uh, geez, the, the, I'm not, I don't even focus. On, I mean, I know the dollars are important for clubs, but the aggravation and the turmoil and the business interruption side is so extreme uh, with any new system that to me, you really need, you really need to have that tremendous need to do that, to go through all that aggravation. Right. So how do you actually determine what the best technology purging decision is at the club? Are there specific factors or metrics that are coming into play or how are you making that decision? 
Well, you know, we've we've done this for a lot of years, uh, and we have a very extensive uh, specification list, uh, over a thousand items that we look at when we do an assessment. So let's say we were coming into your club, and uh, we, we were there for three days, and we met with everybody, all of the departments, all the key users, the board, the finance committee, management, et cetera, and we come up with this uh, analysis and assessment of where you're at. And um, the first decision is, do you stay where you're at and improve it, or do you select a new system? So if, you, if we come to the conclusion it's not going to work with your existing system, it's not going to get you there, we need to go to a new system. Then we go through a very uh, precise and detailed evaluation of the available systems on the market. And that involves having the vendors come in, each one for a full day, uh, demonstrate their systems to the specification that we've developed for your club. So we're, they're not doing a dog and pony show. They're showing our clients exactly what they care about, what's important to them, the features and functionality they care about. And we compare those. And uh, it's a very, uh, I'll call it a scientific approach that's used in many, many industries, industries to evaluate software. And at the end of the day, uh, the best fit system for the club emerges. Uh, it's, a, it's a big, you know, it's a big analytical project. Uh, takes a, a, you know, a month or so to get through the whole thing, although the vendors are only on site for a couple of days. But I think uh, when you go through that process, a couple of things happen. One, we've got all of the key players at the club involved. So nobody gets left out. Nobody later comes around and says, hey, you know, you didn't ask me. The manager went to the show, bought a system. You know, what happened here? We've got all the key players involved. We get good input. And the process works so well that a winner, if you will, always emerges kind of on its own. The okay. process just produces the best uh, solution for the club. So it's worked very well hundreds of times. It's a process that, that we've used a lot and clubs seem to uh, do quite well with it. If there were like a top one or two or three features that it seems like every club right now is is sort of at, at the top of their mind that they're requesting, what would those be? Well, the top one is uh, business intelligence. Um, clubs are are struggling everywhere to get the, and we talked about this a little bit earlier about getting information and, you know, the data is there, but how do I get it out in a usable format? Uh, so I think that one of the drivers in, particularly in clubs changing systems, going from older technology that maybe has limited capability to produce business intelligence and the management information that clubs really want, that boards and committees and management want, uh, that's a big driver. And so when we look at systems uh, as alternatives to the incumbent system, we, we push hard on show us how users can get that information. Not just standard reports, but the ad hoc report writers, create your own report, the what ifs, those kinds of things. That's a huge uh, uh, driver. The other is the number facing size. What does the website look like? What are the reservations uh, features like? How, how happy are your customers members with these functions. So the two major drivers that we see today are getting good management information out of the system so that management can make good business decisions and a really good experience for the members in their interaction with the technology. The rest of it, there are differences in point of sale and accounting. Some clubs have very um, unique ways of doing billing and this, that, and the other that could create a problem for some you know, one or two vendors that just don't do it that way. Uh, but typically, we see the decisions kind of turning on uh, business intelligence and the member experience. With all these new cool things coming into the marketplace and new technologies and softwares, that means that 
people like the club managers need to actually be educated on how to actually get the most out of their system. So where do you see that education coming from? Who's leading the charge there? Boy, I wish somebody was. Uh, I don't see anybody leading the charge. Uh, it's it's frustrating, I think, for managers. It's frustrating for us. Uh, managers, you know, I don't want to beat up on anybody here, but managers really are not well educated on technology. Um, and uh, there, there, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but the reality is, if I look at management groups in a hotel or in a resort, they're much more on top of technology. Now, part of that's because it really has not traditionally been a part of the of the education that managers receive. I think it puts managers at a real disadvantage uh, because these decisions are major decisions, and um, you get it wrong, you're going to live with the new system for quite a while, and you're going to suffer with it. Uh, so. Uh, I hate to see managers go through that process and, and really have to depend on what the vendors tell them, which is a little scary, or depend on uh, all of their department heads who maybe aren't all that educated either, uh, because they don't have uh, the skill set necessary to make these decisions. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit later about what our company offers. We do have some online education that's certified education for CMA and HFTP designed specifically for non-technology people to learn the basics of technology. But I think that uh, I think the associations uh, could help in stepping up their education for uh, for managers. Uh, but right now, I, I wish I could be more positive about it, but I, I, it's just kind of um, a lack of, uh, of availability in the industry of training for the managers. Well, it looks like you're seeing that need and, and you guys are trying to meet it in some way. That's, that's excellent. Uh, if there was one piece of software technology that absolutely every club ne- needs to have and they must get this in the next five years, is there one thing out there that's sort of a must-have right now? Well, I mean, you know, you have to have <laughs> you have to have point of sale and accounting or whatever. Let's talk about new technology. I think every club has to get serious about a um, an app or a responsive mobile site for their members. Um, you know, we talk about mobile technology as if every club has it, and that's not true. It's only a fraction of clubs that really have mobile sites that are uh, you know functional and really work well. Uh, clubs are, are getting there. The vendors are getting there, but the members are there. The members are mobile. They're doing, they're conducting their lives on their mobile devices and, or portions of their lives. So uh, that technology, I think, is the most important one at the moment for clubs to uh, either maximize what they have already or get going with a mobile uh, solution that allows members to have all kinds of interactions and do all kinds of things on their mobile devices. Uh, I think, I think that's the, the top priority these days. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the booth group and how you can actually help clubs. How do folks get in touch with you and what sort of things can you do for them? Well, they can go to our website, uh, www.boothgroup.com. Uh, easy as Google and Bill Booth. You'll find us quickly. You know, I think the thing I want to stress here is we're independent. We're not tied into any vendor. Uh, including you guys. <laughs> right. um, what we do is we help clubs make the best decision for that club. You know, what the club across the street did, what the club down the road did, what the club that the manager was at before, the CFO was at before did, doesn't matter. What matters is what are the specific needs of the club that we're working with and what are the best solutions for them? So we start off with independence 
I don't really care what system they choose as long as it's from a vendor that's going to perform and it's going to do the job uh, that they want. The pricing in the industry is very competitive, so it isn't like you're going to save money by going with A, B, or C. It's all about what the systems can do. So what we do is we do an independent assessment or appraisal of where the club is at. We first help them decide and, and give them our professional opinion. Do you stay with what you have and improve it, or do you go somewhere else? Uh, if you stay, we do re-engineering, um, and we have individuals who are experts in software, of uh, the incumbent software that can make that happen. If you're going to go somewhere else, then we drive that process and manage that for the club so that they look at all of the uh, valid uh, options that are available to them and make a good decision. Um, you know, there's a lot of detail on how that works. If people want to hear and read about how that happens, our website explains that in more detail than we can go into here in this interview, but uh, that's what we do. Now, there's another thing we do, which is called IT strategic planning. Uh, a lot of clubs are looking at, well, where should we be? Not just in software, not just in club management software, but how about our infrastructure? What about our network? What about the ability for our uh, members to use wireless uh, capability at the club? What are we doing about connecting buildings? All those kinds of things, the whole infrastructure piece. Uh, what should we be spending on IT on a, on a, uh, a yearly basis? Uh, how about support? Should we hire an IT person, uh, part-time, full-time? Should we outsource? That's called IT strategic planning, and that's a very popular service that we offer. So the software piece is a subset of the bigger picture of where do we want to be uh, when we grow up here in IT. And that IT strategic planning involves uh, you know, a lot more than just looking at the software. Um, those are the major uh, services that we offer. We also have the online education, uh, again, certified for CMA and HFTP members, the basics of club technology. So uh, managers and CFOs and board members are not uh, flying blind on that. And how often do you uh, offer and we also those have a newsletter. Bill, how often do you actually Oh, those have are those? online. Okay. So so they're they're you online. Just, you go you just purchase them, take them whenever you want to. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you log in, you you uh, pay on, on online and take the course, and you're off and running. You can Buy as many courses, one or five or whatever you want. Pick the title and uh, you're off and running. And that's also available to chapters. Uh, we have an arrangement where, let's say, a, a CMEA or an HFTP chapter wants to take one of our courses and use it for the entire chapter meeting. Uh, we have an arrangement where they can pay a small per head fee on that and everybody gets their search, you know, their CPE hours and all certificates and all that kind of thing. So that's out there, too. I like that it's on demand. That's That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the um, uh, last piece is we just introduced our private club technology update newsletter, um, and that is a, a subscription uh, nominal uh, cost for that. comes out four times a year. The first edition just came out. Uh, we're just getting ready to initiate a nationwide user satisfaction survey of cloud management software. hasn't been done in 10 years. Uh, and that'll be published in the newsletter. And we, there's a lot of information about technology, what's going on in the industry. So not only are we doing the consulting thing, we're trying to help educate the industry, keep people appraised of what's going on as best we can. That's great. And then just for the listeners, one more time, the website is Booth Group. It's spelled B-O-O-T-H-E group.com. So definitely check that out. One last question for you, Bill, before we wrap up, it's the bucket list question. If there's one club out there that our listeners need to see before they die, what is it for you? <laughs> well, I'll give you two. <clears throat> one is Ocean Reef. And I think a lot of people have already seen Ocean Reef. Great club down here in, in, uh, in the Keys in Florida. Uh, an amazing uh, world, if you will. If you haven't been to Ocean Reef, you got to find a way to get there. 
The other one, which is more of a resort that has a small club involved that I just uh, blew me away was Kapalua in uh, Maui. Uh, we were very fortunate to have some projects out there a few years ago. Uh, and it's just a, you know, it's a magical place. Those of us who've been lucky enough to go to Hawaii know that. Uh, but Kapalua is a world into itself. And I'd say those are, those are two that uh, you got to find a way to get to if you can. Oh, excellent advice. Thank you so much, Bill, for joining us on Private Club Radio. Hope to get you back on the program again sometime down the road. My pleasure, Gabe. Thank you. Great stuff right there. Just some great, fabulous stuff from Bill. Hope you enjoyed that one. And hope you come back next week. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm fresh off the National Club Conference in Chicago. And I have a ton of great education to share with you some things I learned there, some folks we chatted with. I actually had a table set up right there at the conference and was pulling people over to chat with them, some of the speakers and some of the heads of that organization. So you're going to get a lot out of that episode. It's probably going to be a little longer. and We might break that up even into two parts because there's really a lot to cover. But I think you're really going to enjoy the format of next week. So hope to catch you back here. And until then... Of course, don't forget to check out our website, privateclubradio.com. Listen to all the past episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, which you can do at privateclubradio.com slash iTunes. Or if you're an Android user, privateclubradio.com slash Android. It's got some instructions and step-by-step with screenshots for you. Try to make it really easy even for the non-tech-savvy ones of us. But after listening to Bill, I'm sure you're going to start fiddling around with computers and instruments and wires and cables and uh, start learning some things, right? Cool. That's the best way to do it. Well, actually, the best way to do it is to have Bill give you a recommendation and then just learn that. All right, but I digress. Until next week, here's to your membership success. Just because this round is over doesn't mean you can't enjoy the 19th hole. Check out privateclubradio.com for more. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Shake Creative, the premier marketing and design firm helping prestigious clubs increase and retain their membership. Visit shaketamper.com to learn more.